it's an exciting journey. I mean, it, it's a, for me, it's the inside a journey. It's about knowing uh-huh. yourself, wanting to push yourselves like, can I do this? Maybe. I mean, it's not about just seeing the three or the four hundreds. It's about the person you become in the journey. Beautiful. And uh, I think one of the sentences that I, I don't think you said it, one of the speakers that uh, you have us allowed to listen to uh, over these three years, but look, we are all going to end up the same way, you know, with one date and with two dates in the cemetery, right? But the most important thing is the, the little line in the middle. And uh, that's, I mean, I've had to go and I've gone through some challenging things in life. And I want to be able to say, if I'm gone tomorrow, I've done my best. Hey everyone, welcome to the DC Practice Growth Podcast, uh, my Hall of Fame series. And uh, those of you who listen to my podcast for a little while will know that uh, this is just interviews with my members and people who have been in my coaching group for quite some time. Um, we have an amazing, amazing, amazing session plan for you guys uh, with uh, a dear friend, uh, an amazing, she's been in my coaching group for a while, but she's just a rock star in her own right. And the, the people she serves and the people she serves from a coaching perspective also, it's just, it's just an honor to have her on the podcast today. So uh, let me just give you some headlines. Um, she has increased her business by over 300,000 euros. Her profit has increased, just profit alone has increased over 100% while we've been in each other's worlds and while we've been working together. And while she's been working with me, I wouldn't say it was only me that pushed in this direction. She, she definitely, when we, when we get to podcast, she will, she will be able to tell you that she's got it in her heart. She's got a service-based heart. Um, I probably just helped her journey a little bit when it came to another business and getting close to where I think it might be over or getting close to six figures and we can talk about it now. So it's just been an amazing journey to watch her. And, and I'm going to caveat this and say, I think uh, of, of, all the, of all the people I'm going to interview, the change in profit the change in profit is the thing that's the most impressive and freedom. So profit and freedom are the two things that I want to focus a little bit on today with our podcast guest, because she just nailed it. You know, yes, there's been improvements in numbers and yes, there's been improvements in, in all areas of the business, but the focus on profit and the focus on other income and the focus on freedom has been really impressive and becoming even more of a leader in your team, et cetera. So without further ado, please welcome to my podcast, the amazing from San Sebastian in Spain, amazing Anna Echaveste. Anna, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for that intro. <laughs> yeah, you well, no pressure now, eh? <laughs> Um, so thank you so much for coming to chat to us today um you know whenever i post on these i don't do enough of these you know there's so many golden nuggets that come out of uh, talking casually and uh, and if anyone's listening right now i'd say grab a pen uh, and i'll try bring the podcast back to not just over not so we don't just talk over key points when when you say golden nugget i'm going to bring it back and go like please write that down that's not just it wasn't just a throwaway comment it was a really important part of Anna's growth. So I guess let's start and tell us a little bit about where you practice. And I've said San Sebastian a little bit. Tell us um, a bit about um, maybe how you found me and how you started working with me. And let's just start there. Like, how did you even hear about me? I mean, I'm not going to show you. Uh, I'm not sure you're going to like this very much. But uh, uh, yeah. well, I heard about you through a really good friend of ours, Johnny Collar. Yeah. In a very good place in my practice. And I obviously, you know the the story I was doing really well in in practice but I was not liking it uh, because I had lost the leadership due to some health issues 
there was no structure in my practice. So I was, uh, you know, this crying night is like, I'm not liking this. I'm not enjoying this. Yeah. And uh, he was staying a couple of weeks just on vacation. It's like, you need to get in touch with this, uh, as you call yourself, bold guy. And uh, I remember that first Zoom conversation you and I had. And uh, you told me, it's like, you need to get into this uh, new patient avalanche. And I got terrified because the worst thing I wanted was an avalanche of new people. Yeah. I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want more people. It's like, I need to get, I mean, I need to get good at what I need to have, like a good base, right? Like yeah. the foundations. It's like, I'm not enjoying this. So having, seeing more people is not going to fix the issue, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to trust it. Uh, I'm going to trust you. And I think you said something is like, I, I understand where you are. And uh, I think that the feeling that I got from you was he knows what he's doing. And he has, he has, he, he has been through all this and he understands business. So he, he obviously knows the, the whole personal development, all the blockages, all the fears that go through all that. So I'll trust it. So sometimes I go, I was like, well, the people think that Brian is all about new patient avalanche yeah. and that's it. I was like, well, that's like, I don't know, like 2% of it. <laughs> and I'm glad I stuck through the, uh, through the process because yeah. definitely there is way more. It's kind of like people judging chiropractic for back pain. Well, yeah. Ryan, yeah. Ryan yeah. in inner circle is not about new patient avalanche. Obviously it's a an amazing, in quotes, side effect from doing the work. It's the same thing as chiropractic, you get rid of back pain, but that's like 2% of it. Cool, I, you know, it's interesting just hearing you talk there. Um, I think uh, if I if I steal a conversation with you, if you hadn't picked up already from how Anna's spoken, and Anna is uh, very philosophically based in the way she practices and the way she runs her life, not just practice there's there's no there's no disconnection there they say and I, I, I don't know you've heard me say this before there's no such thing as a as a business problem there's only a personal problem that shows up as a business problem and um and that's an interesting let me repeat that if you listen to it. there's no such thing as a business problem there's only a personal problem that shows up as a business problem you know lack of lack of certainty it's very seldom just lack of certainty in chiropractic it's it's across the board and it was interesting when I worked with you and I it's funny, you know, I, I'm of the belief that anyone I work with, I don't, I often just have to do a couple of things. One is I have to remind them of the stuff that they used to do that used that worked well. Uh, other, the other thing I have to remind them of the fact is that they're not as good as they think they are, they, they're better. Okay. And, and then really just get help them get out of their own way. And honestly with you, <laughs> I humbly say this, uh, is <laughs> that um, you're probably one of the easiest person people I've ever coached because, because you had so many cool foundations. And people are going to, when, when I'm the business, I love talking about business, right? It was interesting. So even though there's this big divide almost, so there's this philosoph philosophical groups and whatever. And then there's like, there's like, oh, the business group. And I don't know why we can't combine the two. So what made it, um, like what made, what made you at ease with, you know, working with me and I, and I like talking about numbers. I like talking about figures. I like talking about business terms. Um, but I'm very, very, very certain of the fact that if you're not certain on something, you're going to struggle in practice. So like, what is that journey for you and um, yeah, with me? Well, I think that's the key. I think I was able for the first time yeah. combine, I was able to combine in my own terms, the philosophy, which I, I was at peace. Yes. Doing all this stuff in my own terms, like that yes. inside out paradigm. Yes. 
in my head, I was like, I can do this the inside out way. Yes. And having structure and limits and boundaries in the business and having a system because the whole traction thing that I learned, I was like, wow, I can implement it. And yes, I'm going to face challenges with the team, which I did face. But it's great to have a system that you can just like, in quotes, shamelessly copy, which by the way, I suck at copying, shamelessly copying. I'm that kind of person that I need to do everything my own way. But Traction was the thing that I'm just going to shamelessly copy this system. I like it. So for someone listening right now, I'm just going to give you, let you know what Anna's talking about. Most people don't know what it is. So, so Traction is a book written by a guy by the name of Gino Wickman, right? And, uh, and there's lots of these. And, we, and, and Anna's alluded to it. In my group and in Anna's world and in my world, we always like to say that we created nothing. We are simply a vessel. We, like nothing's mine. Nothing, like we are, we've learned it from, from, you know, we can stand on the shoulder of giants, et cetera. But one of the things that have really helped me in my business and you in your business is the concept of structure and the books that Anna's talking about is one book called Traction by Gina Wickman. Another one is Scaling Up by Vern Harnish, uh, which, are, which are two very cool books. And then you, you started implementing stuff in your business, right? In the beginning. Yeah. And so, so I think that was, that was the first one. Like, hey, I can still do this inside out thing, which yeah. is, like you said, in my personal life, that this is the whole thing for me. Second one was structure. And then I think I broke for the first time that idea that marketing is bad because I had that idea of like back pain. I need to announce all that kind of stuff. Like I, the ads need to be about, well, I created my own way of doing that marketing using the tools that you were teaching. First of all, in Spain, we cannot create ads for, for symptoms. Yeah. But even if I were allowed to do it, like if I were in the US, I didn't want to do it that way because I'd rather create, uh, create less leads, but do it in a congruent way for yeah. my practice because yeah. I have a good PVA, et cetera. Yeah. But hey, I can still learn the tools. And I had no clue what a Legion ad was, what a traffic ad, uh, in-house screening, whatever it was. Yeah. I didn't have an Instagram account like YouTube, but I realized that I loved creating content yeah writing um i love making videos yeah. uh, in instagram live whatever so those three pieces is like i still can maintain my in quotes soul or like vitalistic soul but use the tools but i needed to break that block yeah, yeah. of marketing is bad yeah and do you, do you think you did you, did you have a uh, i know you've alluded to it, but do you think there was a there was a block do you think there was a definite like huge okay. huge that that thing is like, we are manipulating people. We are forcing people. We are selling like glasses to blind men. Like, of course, like if I yeah. were good, people yeah. would just come. And I had, a, I remember having an aha moment um, at home one day realizing, wow, if it weren't for marketing strategies, yeah. I wouldn't be a chiropractor. Wow. That was a, because I didn't have any family, like my, my actually, I would be, but my car, uh, my grandfather was the reason I became a chiropractor because he's the first person that ever went into chiropractic. But it was like a referral strategy that a chiropractor- in, A marketing strategy, like a marketing strategy. Yeah, marketing the- strategy. If he hadn't used that kind of marketing strategy, my grandpa wouldn't have ever gone to a chiropractor and we, have, we wouldn't have ever heard about chiropractic. So I'm thinking- now about one of the best stories in my practice people really getting it 
they've mm -hmm. got, I mean, they're I'm in, in my practice now, thanks to Legion ad. Yeah. So it's, I have ways, I don't want low quality, I, I don't want to force anybody. Yes. But they're amazing tools to get the story out. So I don't have to put, come here for low back pain. I can still, you know, the copy can be super vitalistic. And uh, those people wouldn't know about, you know, like I have a, a kid that should be dead now. Well, should be by statistics. Uh, in December, he would have been dead. And now he's like thriving, still a tumor, but the tumor not growing. And he wouldn't have heard about chiropractic if it wouldn't be for Ali Jen Ad, the, the mom replied for herself, actually, because she was stressed out and wanted a different life. And when she, when my CA answered the phone, she was like, oh my God, this is for my son. Got it. So it's interesting you say, I want to make just a, anyone listening here, it's interesting. Okay. Anna, you are so far down your journey now. And I don't know, is it two, three years we've been working together, something like that? September three years or August, yeah, yeah. Well, cool. And, um, and so now you say it nonchalantly, you say things like Legion and you say things like- I know, I know. <laughs> so, so now we've got, yeah, let me paint the picture for you. High volume, Doc just not that many hours a week uh, we're talking makes you know is a 0 0.5 i don't know what percent earner on the planet or especially in spain or europe or uk and um, and he's a i'm gonna humbly tell you uh, i know you won't say this so i'm gonna say on your behalf is a very wealthy lady in her own right from her business acumen now but it's interesting because probably i'm quite proud of that i'm proud of when i hear my members talk we, 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 there's a there's a verbiage or there's a there's a language around business that you whether you you don't have to be the person doing the lead gen ad right you don't do the lead gen ad you get it done not anymore yes at the beginning in the beginning yeah but now you know you know what needs to be done so now you can say hey this needs to be done this needs to be done this needs to be done um and the and energy I'm, I'm sorry like i want to you know the end for all these people that are thinking marketing is bad it's like i just want more and more and more which was my blog for me, is like in the context of this freaking COVID year, is like these the big idea needs to get out. Like right. that energy was like, I want to serve more people because they need us. Like for well, me, let me ask you this: What would BJ have done? Exactly. So it's like I'm not doing it for because I want to see more people. It's like I want to serve more people, and that actually turned not only me, but my team. It turned their the whole oh, yeah, mindset. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. Yeah. Because at the beginning it was tough for them. It's like it was like uh, I don't know the word in English. It was like, you know, when you come from that energy of like I want more, more, more. Yeah. Now for them it's like we need to spread this. Got it. We'll need it. Yeah, that's cool. And 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 if you don't know, Anna, Anna's a ferocious content producer. I think the biggest thing you probably got from me actually was, and there's loads of strategies I teach, right? But I think the thing that you do the best of the stuff that I teach is you've just taken the so there's three elements to a marketing campaign. There's the message, the market, and the media. And when we talk talk about this, the the message, the market, yes, there's different markets. Someone listening right now. The market may be even within your existing database. It's not just one database. You have different markets within your database or your client list or your patient list or your whatever. You've got existing patients and you've got um, inactive patients. And even in those, you've got different markets. You've got existing patient high spend or longer term vet who's been with you longest. And you've got inactive patient who's spent all series of years with you or money with you, etc. That's a different list altogether. Anyway, 
But one of the things, so that's the, that's the market. The message is whether it's whatever it is, the message changes to the market also, by the way, and then you've got the media. And I think one of the things that I've been most impressed with what you've done is you've taken my identification of the market. I've helped you with that. And then I've exposed you to some media with his email or Facebook or whatever. And then you've kind of taken the message and you made the message yours, you know, which is like your secret sauce, you know? Yes. And, and I think that's, if I, if I, if I have anyone listen to this right now, I think if you look at your marketing, uh, at your marketing campaigns, you look at your marketing efforts in that way, there's a message and then there's a market and there's media. What you can really learn from Anna, and I highly recommend you follow her stuff, is that her message is so clear on, on her, her sort of philosophy and certainty in chiropractic. And she's taken what I've taught her from a mess, from a media perspective and from a market perspective, and she's blown up. And it was so interesting. I'll never forget having a conversation with you once. And you were like, the people that are coming in from my just me talking podcasts and just me talking about health. And you do, and it is an amazing, is it weekly email or? Yeah. Yeah. So like the people, she's like, the people are coming in from this message that I'm putting out there. What you're doing, there's an old saying, you can't be discovered if you're not discoverable. Like you can't be discovered. No one gets discovered from not being out there. So what you've done really well is now you're like, you're putting yourself out there to be discovered and the, and the people that are like, wow, this is different or this is new or this, I need this in my life or this is not like traditional medicine, if you will, are just coming to you. So you're like, you're attracting such a lovely flock of, of, of your followers. You know, anyway, is there anything you'd like to add to that? Let me give you some stats. I know you love stats. So every day, every week, we do two simple posts on Instagram. So it's just like an idea, like principle number six, it takes time or chemical stress or whatever, like very simple. And I work on the copy and some member of my team creates the, the design or whatever, right? On Canva, easy. Yeah. But we, I do a, a 15 to 20 minute live video. So we upload it to YouTube. I didn't even have a YouTube video, uh, YouTube channel like proper before lockdown. So thank you, Corona. And that way I can upload it to MailChimp for my uh, weekly uh, email. Mm. And we used to send it to just the regular patients. Mm. But we started, thanks to you, as like, just send it to inactives. Uh, no, the monthly email was like a newsletter thing. We will send it to everyone. Yeah. But like three, three months ago, we started sending it to the inactives, the actives, and the leads. Oh, interesting. Yes. Weekly weekly last week's email i just checked because i wanted to give you some email we had like a 50 55 open rate mm. for the actives mm. 52 for the inactives and 60 percent open rate for the leads wow and that's like steady weekly boom 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 and suddenly uh, we just get yeah i imagine i get so excited sorry guys if we get a growth intelligence but now imagine that because he has actually what we want in marketing right we actually want to see someone when they come in and say this. This is what Anna wants. Anna wants someone to come and sit in front of her in a new patient exam and goes, I have been reading your emails for the last six months. I've been listening to your videos forever, blah, blah, blah. That's and what Anna wants. Because, and not just even that. Yeah. You know the typical case that has been coming for a year and they go like, I feel great. I'm going to stop coming, right? So yesterday... This old guy, very Basque, very just like introvert, whatever he goes. Yeah. I feel fantastic after three years. I feel great. 
And I owe this to you. And I remember that after one year of care, he almost quit because yeah. he was feeling great. It's like, you know, I've been reading your weekly emails and watching your videos and your interviews. Man, now I get it. He told me three years later. It's like that little 15 minute or little weekly email with just like my, hey, I just went to the mountains. It was amazing. Nature is amazing. Well, you have that nature inside yourself. Like it's, it's just like, it's easy for me to write. And obviously, as you can tell, it's easy for me to speak. Yeah. But find your thing, whatever it's easy for you, right? But I was like, oh my God, this guy. I mean, I would have never expected that guy to say something like that. It's like, I don't miss one single email and yeah. I don't miss one single interview. And the interviews are like 10 to 15 minute thing that I meet with my coaching members mm -hmm. to talk about little things in chiropractic. So the reasons people go to chiropractors or like uh, alternative or complementary or like little things that help people understand what really chiropractic is instead of just like back pain or whatever. And it's so it's just, but it's, you know, we, we, I, I actually have, I'm quite negative or, or, um, sometimes I'm so critical of the word educate in chiropractic because because I think sometimes, you know, specific, specifically the new patient examination, we, we, it's, we, we, we run the brush across, we've got to educate our patients, we've got to educate our patients. Now, if you take the Latin word for educate, it comes from the Latin word to educe, which is to draw out, which means you're not shoving in, you're drawing out someone's genius. But what's so interesting about your, there's a couple of things you're doing really well. And someone, I hope you guys are on note, there's not, uh, the, the point of what Anna's just explained is the, the consistency, the frequency, and the expectancy. So there's three, write those down. Frequency, consistency, and expectancy. But because Anna does it every week, every week for a lot, like, or long, they, the frequency is there, okay, every single week. They start to become, um, and the consistency is there, they start to become expectant on it. And, and when you have an audience like waiting for the thing, that's why it's Monday night football in America. You know, people wait for Monday night football, etc. So that's what you kind of create. But interestingly, that is as much, we know we talk about educating your audience, but you are not only educating audience, you have a 50 to a minimum of 50% open rate to 60% open rate on your content. I don't know any. There's well, that was one email. I average, I think it's like 40 or something, but that was one email. I was like, wow. Do you know what the averages are in our industry? They say averages open rate, average open rates. Um, are something like in, anywhere from 10 to 20%, but 12% has been mentioned. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. So that's because you're making yourself the personality, et cetera. So, um, so great job. And, um, and I hope someone listens to this is learning a ton. It's not sexy. Hey, here's the other thing for you is someone listening to this right now is going, oh, oh am I really listening to this pod? Yes, someone, 100% improvement, 100% growth in profit, 300,000 euro improvement, a gross like net revenue, et cetera. 100% growth in profit and a million other things I can talk about now. But here we talk about, we talk about a weekly email. I, well, that's where the trick is, you know, like, you know, you find yourself in this little, well, not little, like the boring phase that we talked about, you and I talked about this, you know, I'm stuck. Yeah. I'm stuck. I was stuck at 220. I was stuck in, in prior years at 150. It's like, what, what am I doing wrong? You're not doing really like anything wrong sometimes you're just stuck in one of those plateaus if that's where like the boring phase is and sometimes you just have to tweak that little thing mm -hmm. and for me it wasn't anything massive it was like maybe 
changing a couple of things and and then suddenly it's just like boom mm. but you just have to keep doing that consistency keep doing it keep doing it. and suddenly like i don't know what i've done but people like walkings and people are calling in and and sometimes sometimes and for me at least it's like a little click that happened in my head but because i did the work you know you did do the workout it's interesting um so it's very clear we've had awesome growth revenue we've had awesome growth profit that's cool but probably what's interesting about what i think anyone can listen to this right now specifically if you're a single doc practicing whether it's high volume or not it's irrelevant with in the practice yourself whenever somebody talks about freedom you often assume it's the doc with loads of associates now i really want to get into that with you now so somebody's listening to this podcast who feel stuck that they're responsible for everything. And this is what I think you've done. When it comes to single, high volume doc, boy, you'd go, you'd go a long way to find someone who's done as what you've done as well as you've done it. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, how did you, if you didn't, you didn't want to replace yourself as the doc adjusting. For so some docs, they want to replace themselves as a doc adjusting, they want to associate whatever, and that's their path to freedom. And there's a whole podcast I can do in that. But, but for you, it was, I want more freedom. I want to adjust. So tell me, so talk about that journey. Like, what did that mean for you? What does freedom look like for you within the practice context as a single doc, high volume adjusting? Tell us a little bit about your journey. Why do you think you didn't have freedom and how have you brought freedom into the business? What have you implemented? And t- just give us a context there. Well, I think honesty is key. So I started asking myself, what do I want? And oh, what makes me happy? Or what do I really like? And what do I hate from the business? And uh, honesty is not easy, Ryan, you know, because uh, it's like, do I want 3 million a year? And it's like, not really. I mean, it's amazing when you get it, but it gets to a point and I remember having that conversation with you. It's like, I don't think the price for me of being like a billionaire, it's worth it if I have to keep this round. And I realized that, uh, and obviously I don't have anything against being a millionaire, but um, the price was too high. And I realized that because of my personal, I mean, I'm a driver, I'm a leader, but I have a really hard time with that structure. Um, it takes the worst out of me. Being the boss, doing, doing the executive part. And according to traction, we can call it the visionary, but I, or whatever. I love creating ideas. I'm really, I do have an entrepreneurial mind. Man, I don't understand why people don't have jobs because I have business idea. I mean, if really hope not, but if chiropractic were to disappear, yeah. I would have a business in, two, in three weeks. You know, yeah. I yeah. have so many ideas, but I'm horrible at executing 80% of it. <laughs> so I was driving my team nuts. Yeah. You know, like you can ask any CA, they're terrified from any of us coming uh, back from a seminar, right? So when I learn about that, it's like, okay, so I need that executive part that comes in the journey with me because also most of my team members, at least, they were not opening to big changes or they were not in the personal development journey with me. So I was looking for the person, my right wing, right? And then thanks to uh, Traction, I realized that that person existed and it was called the integrator. 
Okay, cool. So okay. for someone listening to this now, um, the word integrated, okay, so we're describing seats in the business. And often if you're the owner, you may sit in the visionary seat, okay? And then what, what Anna's describing is there's another seat that exists in the business. And by the way, if you're feeling overwhelmed listening to this now, it, this is part of the process and why I feel that so many businesses struggle is because we don't do this background education. Now, the integrated seat Anna's talking about, for most people listening, if you look at your org chart, you've got an org chart, don't you? <laughs> oh. no, no, to anyone that's listening. So, so an integrated seat is like your operations. Who's your operations in the business? For some people, you might call that your head CA. And so, so this is what Anna's talking about. It's like, hey, I needed like a left-hand or right-hand man or woman. And to go further, there's like a saying that we learned in our world is that your visionary type person of the business is uh, someone who needs to be free, yeah. You know, and then someone in, in the integrated slash operation seat that you're talking about, and the saying is they need to know themselves and be stressed. Visionaries need to know themselves and be free. The business is in a healthier place when the visionary is free yeah, to go for coffees and holidays and all those and all those Book and ride and all yeah, and all that stuff. And but the but the operations person or your or your or your manager or whatever needs to know themselves and be stressed. And you know what? That's such an important thing to verbalize especially from a third party telling them, by the way, is even better, um, is because that's the gig, right? So when you hire someone with that context, which Anna's going to get into now, when you hire someone with like, are you sure you want the role? Because the role is titled, know yourself and be stressed. And some people thrive on that. They want to have a finger in every single part. They're organizational type people. They're good. But if you give that to a visionary like Anna, that feels like they're like, if they get too stuck in the minutiae, they feel like their life's going to end. It's horrible. I want out. And um, so to give people context, okay, and then you went through a process of building your team. So tell us about that and, and what do you do now as opposed to what do you don't do? First, knowing yourself, me, for example, is like, okay, I'm slow implementer. So for a year, for a year, I thought my head CA, she is an amazing front desk CA. She has been with me for 12 years and she is an unbelievable worker. But knowing that there are two types of people, right? The people that <laughs> in a problem, right? They, they see what needs to be done and the other ones that love to be told what to do. Yeah. And for a year, I thought she's the type of person that I need as an integrator. So I wanted her to become that integrator. And one day I just like realized she is not, she says she wants it, but she doesn't really want it. Yeah. It took me a year. Okay. But she's still an amazing CA in front desk CA. Yes. But then I, I, I found the integrator. Uh, it's going to be almost like in October, it's going to be one year. Wow. And that's when I really started having freedom, like to the point that that's very typical in visionaries. I feel guilty yeah, because they, she, she's in charge of organizing the team for the, for the quarterly meetings, or I just give her some ideas and she just talks to the team. She's by the way, way better than me at communicating my needs to them and their needs to me. She is like an interpreter. And uh, can I ask you to go back about the guilty thing though? So oh. I want you to give us a bit more context there. So I know this is something we talk about a lot, but just tell us what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Well, we feel guilty. Um, she, for example, like we haven't done health fairs in a long time. And uh, there's this one that's really good. And a good friend of ours, he's, it's, it's an inner circle too, Shabby. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I cannot go. Do you want to jump in? It's like, we went. And uh, so they organized the whole thing so that I didn't have to go. Yeah. And I was like, that's brilliant. Yeah. So one day I was like, uh, maybe I should jump, jump there one morning. And she was like, Anna, you don't have to come. 
So she was telling me, it's like, we, we, we have it. But I, I was like, oh my God, they are like, what, what do you mean? Like, really? But I feel bad because I'm, I feel like I should be there showing them that I'm working. Yeah. You, know, but, uh, you always share is like me in a coffee shop reading a book. Uh, I don't care if it's atomic habits or like multipliers or influence. That's me creating way more value for the business than actually talking to one person about chiropractic. But how hard is it? I mean, we feel guilty. Okay, so what I just talked about is visionaries sit in the seats and we're supposed to be free, but the minute we get freedom, we feel guilty. Okay, so that's 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 typical of most people sitting in a visionary seat because society has taught you if you're going to lead, you have to lead from the front. You know, you have to be, you have to be. But the challenge of that is that you always think that if you don't do it, you can't expect anyone else to do it. Is that you always become the the barrier? Now I'm, I I can assure you that everything that needs to be done in the business doesn't have to be this way. But I can tell you by virtue of most chiropractic businesses, starting with the one man band, you've Anna's done everything that needs to be done before. She's done screening. She's done the whole freaking works, right? So she doesn't have to be doing it now, but we. But it's. It, I think what's important to why I wanted to go back to it is if you listen to this podcast now, it is a normal thing for a visionary to feel guilty. So when people, come, I've got coaches, right? I've got loads of coaches. By the way, if you listen to this right now, you don't have a coach, go get a coach. I don't care if it's not me. You need a coach. I have coaches, and and most of the time when a visionary talks to their coach, there's an element of guilt. Um, and and then they're coached out of the hey listen, but you have to understand Warren Buffett reads for six hours a day. He doesn't feel guilty about reading for six hours a day. You know, whereas we go, imagine we went to the office every day and read for six hours a day. We're like, oh, we're not doing any work. But he's, re- but he's working, he's working. You know, that's how he gets clever. That's how he invests. But, uh, but I'm not, I've got this wax, by the way. So I'm also the, the one. That, but I just want to really give context that if you listen to us now and you've got a practice owner and you, and you feel guilty because you're not going to the screening, but but you can't also be the guy reading all the knowledge and going to the screening. So at some point you have to let go of that and understand that that's your job is to be free. Go. Let me put it in a different way. Yeah. When I started implementing all this, I realized I would have to delegate a lot of things, especially one of your Ryanisms is like delegate to elevate. Right. And the funny thing was like, Oh my God, I'm going to have to delegate. And my biggest block is going to be, I can do it better. And that's tough sometimes to delegate, but my biggest problem was, what are they going to think? Because it means, you know? You were delegating. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If I delegate, they're going to think that I'm just like sunbathing at a pool or whatever. Yeah. And it's just one of those things of, you know, observe yourself. It's like, okay, that's my guilt. Okay. Just yeah. get over it, you know? Yeah. So I thought it was going to, I was going to have a hard time delegating because of fear of not being done properly. <laughs> no way. But the biggest blog was guilt. Guilt, yeah. That's interesting. Okay, cool. So where are you today? So tell me, what is this, what, what do you like, what is what do you do? What do you not do? If you just read something like, what do you focus on in the business? And and by the way, by not to, I don't mean does not get done. I have a saying, the less you do, the exactly. more you make. Exactly. So, so right now I'm in a in a very cool position because um we're focusing a lot on giving a lot of value to the existing patients. We really want to nurture them because we can see they're tired. I mean, everybody is exhausted and going through a lot of shit. And um, so right now I just go to the practice and adjust. So I don't do the weekly meetings, they get done. I am not part of the little five minutes. There is, just what's so important to everyone listening to this. We have the- There is a weekly meeting every week. 
there is a pre-meeting pools every uh, five oh, minutes every, every, sh every yeah. shift. But there's also a weekly meeting? Weekly meeting and a yeah. quarterly. But I'm oh. not there in any of them. Okay. So I do the copy for the weekly emails, but okay. I don't, uh, they, they send them out. I don't, I just give the a copy. I just do give the copy because I love that part yeah. for the social media, but they make sure the content is spread in the different medias. So the blog is on Facebook or the pieces of the blog are on stories and they, they just do that kind of stuff. And then what's very interesting is that um, in the practice, the different CAs, they know the different needs of each person. And they just tell me, it's like, hey, Anna, can you record yourself a little audio for this patient? It's like, oh, yeah. Or they make a list of, oh, this person is going through whatever. Uh, let's send them the video that Anna created herself like uh, two months ago. So there is a lot of nurturing that I saw the other day that I had no clue what was going on. Mm. Do, you think it maybe because, do you think it may be because you stepped out the way? Um, do you think they like, they hustle? Part of it is I told them is like, I'm getting really pissed because I'm creating yeah. a lot of content and it's not being yeah. reused. So, that was, so they said, how can we use all this kind of stuff? I mean, it's tied up to the topic that they need the help. So maybe we can send them in WhatsApp. It's like, okay, this person comes and it's, tired okay how can we send them a video about adaptation for example i don't know or the holidays or so i'm realizing there's a lot of things behind the scenes and yes it's related to i'm not there so they they have to take that responsibility but there's so many things behind the scenes that i didn't even give ideas to and it's amazing it's really cool yeah cool i think um what happens is uh i guess this is my experience you know i just teach what i'm going through is there's been I've been I've set up structure in all my businesses and like Anna, um, we have a weekly meeting and we have a 90 minute weekly meeting and then we call it a productivity meeting and then we have a quarterly meeting which is a full day and then we have an annual which is two days, and if you listen to this right now I cannot begin to explain to you the importance of those meetings and there's a structure for them. The reason we there's a, there's a whole book written on how the how meetings suck because most of us don't know how to run a meeting so it's not a big fancy inspirational meeting it's a, it's a, it's with your leadership team and you run through bits and pieces now what anna spoke about is there's been times in the business where i thought there was enough momentum for me to pull out of weekly meetings which anna's done and there's been also times where i thought there was enough momentum to pull out of quarterlies and sometimes i've had to get back in you know it, it, and and the, the thing with business is i, I believe that there's no such thing uh, we teach something uh, be the wizard don't fall for the wizard's tricks and um and in the in the world of marketing in the world of business sometimes we'll get to solve this idea that there's this that, that automation, we must automate everything, we must automate everything. Well, let me tell you, complete automation doesn't exist. And, and a business being completely autonomous forever doesn't exist. My experience, it's waves, you know, you go this period, like I'm cool, I can go on a beach for a little bit more because we got it. And then maybe you lose a team member, et cetera. And then sometimes you got to get back. But I want everyone to understand that that doesn't mean you're failing. It means there's something called acceptable compromise, which Anna does really, really nicely. Um, and it's a bit of a dance because she looks at the numbers. She goes 300 plus a week, every week, like solid rock, you know, good cash, amazing profits. Your profit margins are insane, by the way. I won't mention what they are here, but they're insane. Let me just say she drinks on her next time we go out. And, <laughs> and, um, and then, and then you, it's a dance between that, you know? And I think that sometimes we, um, I think if there's anything I've, 
I feel that I've helped a lot of my members with is this idea that if you're trying to, because we saw this idea, especially in chiropractic, if you, you must have a system, you must have a system, but there's no such thing as a well-oiled machine. Honestly, it's not, right? It's messy. And it's- it changes every month and let's try this and yeah. we're gonna fuck up, so let's try this one. I mean, I think that the, um, what it was important for me with all these changes, and I learned that with you also, was uh, maintaining what I call the essence of Ana Echeveste in the practice. Yes. So core values were important. So as like, when I, for me it was like, okay, when a patient comes in, I want them to feel calm and at the same time feel my vitality because I'm, you know, like I'm a very vital person. So I want to feel, I want them to feel calm, the vitality, that feeling of family and community. And that needed to be everywhere. So in the MailChimp, in uh, Instagram, in my email, in the pictures on the wall, everything. And we did that through the core values. Cool. So it doesn't matter if a, a locum comes in, they need to know that or a new member or whatever. And I think that's why that uh, excellence is what's of a wonderful core values because I mean, for years I had you know, the typical des description of ideal patient and yeah. what we do in our, uh, the mission. But I mean, nobody read that. I, mean, I remember having that piece of paper behind the computer in the front desk, but it didn't mean anything for anybody. So what did you do to get it to mean something? Uh, so we did the process of creating the core values together. Yeah. And um, now it has taken more than a year and a half. Yeah. Now they are being spoken. Yes. So it's really great. It's like, you know what? That was excellent. That's amazing. Beautiful. Hey, by the way, do you, do you really think that was a wow experience? I, don't, I, I think you, you broke the code there. It's okay, wow. by the way. My, so the language is, becomes centered around what we call the policeman of the business. There you go. Way, and, uh, yeah, so it's uh, the, uh, there are a couple there. For me, it's in, like, I, the yeah, but, it breaks me. It's like, you can burn my practice. And as long as you take responsibility, I'll be okay. Yeah. But if anybody remembers is like, hey, that was a mistake. It's like, yeah, but. How, so how did you, how do you mitigate that in your core values? Uh, well, that's, that's breaking the code. It's like, we just take responsibility. So you've we, got one of your core values is we take full responsibility. It, it's part of the excellent ones. It's like, okay. yeah, it's like, no, yeah, but please DJ, just, you know, <laughs> I don't care what you do. But please own it. It's so, it's so funny. Um, I think, yeah, I think sometimes we don't, um, we, okay, so again, I have to bring, bring it back because some people listen to that, like, what's a core value? And that's okay. So the core value is anywhere from three to seven less is more statements and they're internal tools, not external tools. Means, this means they face the practice, your team. It's something you write for your team to look at. That doesn't mean patients can't see it, but the big thing with core values where everyone's gone wrong is they create these core values that they think the customers need to see. That's not that they can't see it, but core values first and foremost are one directional to your team. Things like we always play at hundred percent. Okay, great. Like I said, like, so when you, it's an interview tool, it's a, it's a review tool and it's a rewarding tool, but it does become a little bit more of, of, of one of, anyway, so you guys can do a lot more reading on there's a million things. Uh, and if you search my podcast, I'm sure there's loads of things to speak about core values. But um, I just want to finish up and say, what do you think, um, you know, someone listening to this now, single doc by themselves, super busy doing everything. There is 
thousands like that. Super busy doing everything. What's your number one piece of advice to tell them they you can see volume and you don't feel like, don't feel like you're doing everything. You can't have a team too. What's your number one piece of advice? Oh, okay. I would say find really what needs to get done. It's important that you have to do. And for me, you have to do is like, what do you really like doing? Because I don't care what you tell me, Ryan. If I really, really like do, doing something, I want to keep doing it because it's also about enjoying it. So for yeah. me, like adjusting, it's important and creating content, it's important. Like I know I could hire somebody, but it's important for me to create it. And then the rest is like, you can probably delegate it, man. Like- That's so cool. Someone listened to the podcast, just see how clear Anna is. She's like, adjusting and content. That's what I do. I love that. I love like, it's like, I adjust and I create content. And you're quite blessed in a way, because most people listen to this. So I'm not most people. I know, I speak for myself. I'm not a natural uh, copywriter. I don't enjoy writing all that much. I know that I need to get it done. And I both enjoys it and is really good at it. So it's amazing. And by the way, one thing that I've learned through our journey together is that the weekly emails is probably just about the only thing you can't delegate. It has to, and what Anna has been able to do is it's her voice. They have to hear from Anna. They want to hear from Anna, Doc Anna, you know, anyway. So adjusting and content is your thing. But I guess if you listen to this now, you have to find what your thing is. Okay, great. Um, I think maybe it's a handy time to start wrapping it up. But from a perspective of you're doing so well in business, just the business alone from a profit perspective you are so far ahead i know everyone i speak to like is like no no i'm not like no you are financially so far ahead but like why did you um why did you create more income because you've got another you've got a coaching business you coach and mentor chiropractors that's a thriving business by the way and we help we help serve more people through that and you help serve more people through that so tell us why do you create more income and then what else do you do do you just leave your money in the bank or what else do you do well Sometimes I ask myself that question, why do I keep doing this? And I think that's part of who I am. Like, I love creating new projects. It's like, I love it. Uh, the income is amazing and prof having profit is amazing, but obviously that's not the number one reason. It's like, I, I, you know the story of the coaching. Like, I never started thinking about <laughs> imposter syndrome thing. It's like, how the heck can I teach anybody if sometimes I don't even know how to deal with myself? yeah but uh because welcome, I, welcome to the welcome to the club by the way exactly it's like because i was teaching at the bcc some of the students is like i want to have a practice like yours and it started growing very organically i've never advertised it like and it's an, an amazing group of human beings yeah. i mean it's incredible yeah. and i don't think i've ever grown personally mm. like coaching i mean they they push me to be a better human being it's incredible and why I do it because uh, I love it mm -hmm. I, I love it the journey is amazing and as long as I provide them value they, they keep buying so it's like yeah. why not yeah the, mo the moment they say I don't want to be part of this obviously I'll stop but I do have that entrepreneurial virus you know it's like I love it and I you and I were talking about like some people have asked to buy my content remember the conversation we had in the one-on-one is like should I just sell it like I because I do create like a bi-monthly newsletter written for the patients. Like, I love it. It's like I, my grandpa was like that. He was like, but not for the money. He was just, he, he loved creating uh, businesses and it's just such a thrive. I mean, it creates me energy. And um, as for the income, uh, man, I think this happens to a lot of chiropractors. I think the first 
Let's see, I've been in practice for 13 years and I think the first eight, and this is embarrassing. I mean, after eight years of practicing and that should have created some definitely revenue and savings, even though I had two major things in my practice that created a lot of uh, costs. But uh, then at some point I was like, where the heck is the money? Yeah. Uh, and a boom, it was like, pfft. I mean, I should have savings. But where are they? And yes, like taxes are huge in Spain and whatever you want, but and I had to pay for the loan in the, in the from the states and the acts, the major accident that meant a student loan. And then uh, what Anna's referring to is um, Anna had a, a really really bad accident many years ago, and you can you can refer to it briefly. Um, but uh, that's not and, and the reason I just quickly wanted to do, not hop on it at all, but like everyone, every one of us who work for a living you can you're subject to physical traumas and things like that they can stop you from practice and you had that yeah so but still money was wasn't adding up so i realized that it's either a mentality issue or like uh or like uh and i'm not dealing with the financial part smartly and uh i did the whole quantum leap from the millionaire mind and there i met a guy uh he's a financial advisor but with a different mentality with, uh, from typical financial advisor. And five years ago, I started working with him. And uh, since then, uh, I mean, I think I have 20% of my money, no, or less, like 15% in the bank. And the rest is all investments. Yeah. Some of it very safe. Some of it is like, I'm 40 now. It's like, I can play uh, and it's hilarious when everybody's like, oh, this stock market is going down. You get a video from him. It's like, oh, we are in sales. It's amazing. You know, you go like, everybody's like, oh my God, it's going down. And he's like, he gets super excited. So you can tell his mentality is different. And I always tell him, you know, you are to finances, yeah. what a chiropractor is to health. You are, have a completely different mentality. You're not trying to get uh, out of being poor. Like a medical doctor is getting people out of sickness yes You're trying to create wealth and that takes a different perspective of money yeah. and most people don't have that perspective and he's amazing he's, he's so amazing. eight years no money in the bank really no and i think I, I, I always had like the 50 60 000 in the bank yeah. i was like wow what am i doing wrong what so what change i mean like now again you know one of my biggest things learning i mean Open your mind, you learn, you learn to, you learn to trust people that know more than you and you start, he's really good at it. He's like, okay, you're afraid of investing, start with 300 a month. Mm. You don't have to put it all. He really works with that, those emotional blocks of like, oh my God, I'm not going to see the money in the bank. And he, he teaches really good stuff. It's interesting. You say, do you know how many chiropractors would kill to be able to say I'm 40 and I can play now. I've like I've got like you know I've, I, you know, and that's that's not. I don't say it's, uh, there's no Shen, uh, like to Shannon Freudian or I'm not trying to be. Uh, that's sad for me, you know. And uh, the statistic is that chiropractic is uh, statistically the most um, uh, most defaults on student loans um, of any medical profession in in America. You know, uh, is is from chiropractors, um, and uh, and I think what, the reason I asked the question was. There's kind of a bit of a perception in the industry that if you focus on anything other than the adjustment or the philosophy or the whatever, you're not a real chiropractor. And, and I'm paraphrasing, you understand? 
And it's very seldom that a chiropractor stands on stage and talks about his investments. It's very seldom that a chiropractor stands on stage and talks about his property portfolio. It's very seldom that a chiropractor stands on stage and goes, I've got three, four sources of income. And I think they should be talking about that more because the cash cow, it all stems, if we didn't have chiropractic, we would have none of it, right? Me, you, no one. But I think that's like a homage to the cash cow, the thing that you're doing, et cetera. But you're not, in fact, like every, every you know, the, my, my, one of my business coaches always says, there's a significant business shock every five years. Significant. Everyone has a significant business shock every five years. And when it comes, coronavirus or whatever, you want to be in the position where like you don't need the income from the practice. You want to work and it's great. That's nice. Don't get me wrong. It's lovely, lovely money, right? Mm-hmm. But, but, oh. you, but, but, uh, but look, if, 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 if you had to close it, commentate the, the practice. Um, could you survive? And very few people could say yes. So I just want to pay homage to you because what most people don't, they see Anna, they see Anna the high volume, they see Anna 100% increase in profit. They see that journey. But if I, did, if I had to tell people remotely behind the scenes, the, the, the business savvy, the investment savvy, the staying broke, you know, getting rid of the money and putting investments, like that's, I think people would be more impressed. If they go see your practice, they're very impressed because you're a rock star. But if they had to actually know that there's constant thought to that, there's discipline in that, the boring stuff is not exciting. Most people think investing at 5%, 10% is not that exciting, you know, whatever it is. But, but like over 10 years, it's exciting, you know? Anyway, anything you want to add there as we wrap up? Um, no, that's it's an exciting journey. I mean, it, it's a, for me, it's the inside of journey. It's about knowing uh, yourself, wanting to push yourselves, like, can I do this? Maybe. I mean, it's not about just seeing the three or the 400. It's about the person you become in the journey. Beautiful. And um, I think... One of the sentences that I, I don't think you said it, one of the speakers that uh, you have us allowed to listen to uh, over these three years, but look, we are all going to end up the same way, you know, with one date and with two dates in the cemetery, right? But the most important thing is the, the little line in the middle. And uh, that's, I mean, I've had to go and I've gone through some challenging things in life. And I want to be able to say, if I'm gone tomorrow, I've done my best. Yeah, so that is, that's it. there couldn't be a better place to end it after that. I can't top, I can't top that. I can't top that. There's a, there's a spot it. on your tombstone. There's a date where you're born and there's a date at the end and there's a little dash in the middle. That's, that's all we got is the that's dash. That's so, it. so give it, give it to you. Listen, Anna, I, um, I genuinely mean this. Uh, I love and appreciate you. And I'm so excited to continue to see your journey. I feel blessed that I, that you know I've added, hopefully something to 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 all of that, and um, and I I know that your journey's only just begun. Those of you that have an opportunity to either go spend time with Anna or observe her or go and you'll never find a more giving heart. It's insane, and um, go spend time with a coaching group or whatever it is. But I just go be close to it. You know, they say proximity is power. Be close to it wherever you can um, and just keep serving. You're a mate. You're an absolute credit to the profession. And bigger than that, bigger than the people you serve is, I think that the, there's this old saying, the only, way to help, the only way to help a poor person is not be poor yourself. And, and you know, you can, you don't want to, you can't help a broke person if you're broke, you know, from, from when it comes to financial thing. And I think it's an important part of the conversation. So I always want to, again, just say, when it comes to abundance, lots of patient visits, money in the bank, money in investments, 
leader, etc. You're probably just about the most well-rounded person I've ever worked with, and I'm excited to see where the journey goes. So congratulations, well done, and thank you so much for bringing the podcast. Anything you'd like to finish up with? Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to podcasts. I really uh, do me a favor. If you can, if you're listening to podcasts or watching the podcast or whatever, please click the like button. Please leave a comment. Please click the subscribe button and or put on notifications so you can get these. I'll humbly say that, you know, it's from the horse's mouth and you're going to learn a ton from them. So thank you for listening. I really, if you stick with the whole podcast, I appreciate you so much. Thanks for taking the time to listen to me. Go check out any of my books. If I can help you for free, I would love to do that. Please go download any of my books, get a book, etc. I've got two or three more books coming out. I've got a, a conversion book coming out day one, day two. And I've got a how to, how to, how to leverage live events in your practice to get new patients also coming out. So keep an eye out for those. Love and appreciate you guys. See you on the next DC Practice Growth Podcast. Goodbye.